Thank y'all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought by Raising Grace Studios. Want to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors: Par Hopper Golf Apparel, Gridiron Coffee, Williams Tire, Nobles Networking, Straight Haggard Thread Company, Durham Dude. Go hit them up for all your beard body and tattoo needs and our management company red circle thank you for all the corporate sponsors uh that run in between the little ad space on the show thank you so much for it there's not many people that i like off of social media as most of y'all know i'm kind of an asshole uh but there are certain people that i find that i think are very creative i think they're very unique uh they don't follow trends they make them and uh this guy that i've got on the show today i'm super excited about because he is one of a kind uh We've already hit it off pretty well, but I'm excited to introduce to y'all Mr. Justin Danger. I can't say your last name for shit, by the way. Is it Nunley? Yeah, Nunley. Yes, sir. Justin Nunley. Uh, dude, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to hang out with me for a little bit. No, thank you for having me on. It really means a lot for you to think enough of me to invite me on your podcast. Well, uh, I, I'm picky. I, I am picky. Uh, but I don't. I try to find people that are unique, that have a different voice, that have a different outlook. Uh, and I already was very, very interested in having you on the show. But, uh, like, we've been doing our toy drive. I've been doing one for six years now um, with the this everything we've done on social media the past six years. And I love seeing people give back. And I saw where you were doing something uh, as well. So before we get off talking shit or whatever, I'd like for you to promote your the stuff that you're doing so maybe we can get some of uh, our listeners to go help you all out. Well, how it all got started was uh, back during Thanksgiving weekend. I, one of my favorite things to do is to jump in the lives and just scroll through random lives and find people that follow me and jump in their live and, and show a little love back because everybody shows me enough, right? Um, I jumped in this one guy's live and you could tell he's a little bit down, having a rough day or whatever. So I jumped in there, you know, said, hey, how's it going, man? And uh, of course, he was, uh, he was very surprised that I was in there because there was only like eight people in and um, I could tell he was down. So I said, hey, what's going on? What's wrong with you, man? And he started telling me that this was like the first uh, holiday um, since his wife passed away in September with COVID. She was pregnant with their fourth kid and uh, she passed away. And they've got, you know, he's raising three kids on his own. Two of them aren't even school age yet. So um, I wound up getting off that live. We talked about it a little while. I got, you know, got in his box and we talked about it. His, you know, the little guest square in the corner. And we talked for a little while and, uh, it wore on me the whole next day. And I just kept thinking about this guy. So I saw that he was live the next night. So I jumped back on his live and I, I got back in his, uh, you know, got asked him to join the live again and jump back in there. And he said, uh, I, I asked him, what can we do to help out, you know, for Christmas? Cause Christmas is going to be tough. You know, obviously these kids miss their mother and everything. And he was a little bit hesitant at first. And I, I wound up telling him, I was like, look, just do this, do, Put together an Amazon wish list of anything and everything that those kids want, those kids need. Think about birthdays for next year. Put some gift cards on there. That way you can take the kids to eat and bomb stuff over the next year. Um, and what I failed to mention um, was that he had just put in his two weeks notice because him and his wife were going to move to Georgia to be around her family. A week into that, she got COVID and passed away, right? So He's unemployed too. And now he's trying to raise two, uh, three kids, two of them not school age yet. So he wound up putting together Amazon wish list. I posted a video asking people if they would, you know, help um, fill the fill the wish list. Bro, there was like, there was almost 200 items on that wish list and it was filled in about two hours. It Damn. blew my mind. So I said, if we can, if I have that kind of reach, right, and I've got that kind of community behind me, right? There's nothing we can't do. So I said, let's try to raise $50,000 and do that for a lot of families all across the country. Yeah, dude, that is, that is absolutely awesome. Uh, I, I get shit from a lot of other creators, uh, is what I guess some people like to call themselves. They're just people to me. Uh, but they're not doing anything like you, if you're not using your platform for something, then you're kind of failing the people that are following you. Like you're obviously an extremely funny, extremely intelligent man. And you obviously have a big heart. And the fact that you do that to where there are people that are bigger than you that don't do that. And they don't use their platform for anything, but promoting themselves that aggravates the shit out of me, but it makes me love people like you so much more because you, 
it's like you don't forget where you came from, you know? No, absolutely not. You know, one thing that, that I try to live my life by is the good book says that it's better to be at a house of mourning than a house of feasting. So anytime you see somebody in need, you see that there's a need that needs to be met, somebody that's hurting, somebody that's going through the shit, man, jump in and help them. You don't know how much of an impact you can have on somebody just by being there or just yep. by, by trying to help. So our goal with this is to, is to provide Christmas for kids that would not have anything under the tree come Christmas morning. I can't imagine, and it, it breaks my heart to know that some kids go back to school after the holidays and they have to hear about all of this awesome stuff that Santa brought them. And then there's kids sitting there that didn't have a Christmas and it, it absolutely breaks my heart. So we're going to try to, we're trying to raise $50,000 to, to curb as much as that as humanly possible. See, this is our sixth year doing our toy drive. We, what we usually do is uh, we'll rent out a bar. Uh, we've done it at a couple of different places. Shout out to Frank's and Kerrigan's and Crazy Bull, all the places that have helped us with them in the past. But uh, we'll rent it out. I'll, re I'll book a good band for the night. Everybody that comes in the door, their money goes to the toy drive. People bring toys. They drop them off and all that type of stuff. The first year I did it, I was hooked on it because the families that came in, there were people uh, that would come up to you. They would hug you. They would say, thank you. You don't know how much this means to our families. Uh, and then every year I've done it a little bit more. I've done a little bit more. This is our biggest year we've done so far, 20 families. And we give each one of them $500 a piece, plus toys, plus gift cards, plus clothes for the kids. And but every year we grow a little bit. So if you're doing 50 this year, by the time you see some of the faces of the people you helped, you'll want to do 100000 next year. You know, And that's awesome what you do. It's awesome anybody – that does that, that actually takes away from the comedy, takes away the other stuff that you do to be sincere and be a real person. That's why your following is so big and, and everything. Cause you can see that you're a real ass guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I appreciate it. It's not about me at all. Yeah. It's about the, you know, I, I do appreciate the compliments. It's about the 500 and something people that's already donated. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the worst part of this, though, is waiting through all the emails and reading all the Whoa. stories of stuff people's going through, bro. I literally, we started, we posted our video for people to send their emails in at the beginning of November because we want, we always like plan it out very as best as I can. I had to quit reading the emails last year. I'm not allowed to read the emails anymore. Uh, we've got people that work with us that will go through them because, uh, I think last year we got a hundred emails this year. We've got a couple hundred emails and I want to help every single one of them, but we pick the ones that are close to our community that you can actually see the change in your community. And, uh, and that's, that's usually what we do, but there's, they're heartbreaking. Bro. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's bad. If you yeah. think you're having a bad day, trust me, there is poor, some poor son of a bitch out there that is having the worst day you could ever imagine. Yeah, that that'll keep you grounded. It does. It does. It uh, and then it makes you just appreciate the people that do donate so much more. There's been people that have spent way more money than what they should have, and sent way more toys and clothes than what they should have, but their hearts are so big and they love giving. But it makes you realize there is a chance for humanity still. Oh, there is, but it, you know, it's so easy to see all the negativity. But there's way more positivity out there than there is the negativity. Yeah, there's too many people that blow up the negativity. I wish they blew up the positive people like they blow up the negative people. You ain't lying. And speaking of some positivity, you got a big poppy jersey sitting behind you right now. And I am a huge Boston Red Sox fan. And uh, I absolutely love what I'm looking at right now. I love all the sports memorabilia I see behind you. So I've, I've, I've got a museum, basically, of, like, sports memorabilia. Always been into sports. Big Poppy, probably one of my favorite jerseys. I've also got a King Griffey Jr. Oh! That's um, actually getting reframed right now with the, with the LED lights and everything, make it look all fancy. But um, Big Poppy, one of my favorite of all time. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you, I'm a jersey fanatic. Like, I've got – I probably got 30 jerseys, throwbacks, just different eras, everything, uh, mainly baseball jerseys. Um, Same. But there's a website I'll tell you about. It's DHgate. And they don't, uh, they, they don't sponsor this show, not nothing to do with me. You can get these jerseys for $13. It takes about a month for them to get to you. 
You can get any jersey ever made for like 13 bucks, dude. I, I've got three in my closet from them right now. Yeah. Dude, as, yeah. Soon, as soon as I found out about them, I started buying everything that I could. Well, once you find a website like that, it's so hard to find the jersey you want, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm still looking for a Charles Barkley one right now. That There's a certain Charles Barkley one that I want. And I – oh, man. He's an Auburn fan. I can't do that. He played at Auburn. I can't do it. What what uh, what uh fan are you? Roll Tide. God damn it. <laughs> I did. Well, this was going to be an extremely good show. Um, Listen, I was born and raised in North Alabama. Um, I've been I've been rooting for the Crimson Tide ever since I was knee high to a grasshopper. I did go through a little bit of a phase where I pulled for Auburn, basically just to piss my dad off. It accomplished its goal, but I came back to my roots probably about uh, eight or nine years old. I named my I named my oldest son after Bear Bryant. My yeah. oldest son's name is Bryant, and um, yeah, it runs kind of deep. Well, I'll tell you this. I hate Alabama because we can't beat Alabama. And you must I must be a Georgia fan. I am. I'm a Georgia <laughs> fan. Uh, but what's worse than that is before this is how messed up my college football past is. I grew up going to Auburn games because my best friend and his family were alum, and we got to go to every single Iron Bowl, everything. Like we got, I've seen some great games. Well, after that. I fell in love with Steve Spurrier. So I was like, okay, now I'm going to be a Florida guy because my family didn't go to Auburn. My family didn't go to Florida. My, my family didn't go to college, period. But after Spurrier was gone, Tebow wasn't but a couple of years after that. And I love Tim Tebow. But the past couple of years, probably past 10 years, I hadn't had a dog in the fight. And every one of my friends are Georgia fans. And that's the games we go to. And y'all have made me cry. Alabama made Tebow cry. So I started hating you then. I hated watching y'all in Iron Bowls. And now Kirby and the Bulldogs just can't get over Bama. But I got nothing but respect for y'all. That game the other night was uh, it was heartbreaking. I didn't I, see that coming. Uh, I, I think Saban's sandbag. I think Saban – first off, y'all quarterback is sneaky good. He is so sneaky good, and he put on a show the other night. I think but, they've been holding him back a little bit. I think they have. I think they let that, the reins go. Yeah, I think that Saban knew how good Georgia was. And if they showed a lot of their offense beforehand and Kirby had tape on it, they'd know how to prepare for it. They completely just – I'm scared. I'm scared of the playoff now because uh, I th I'm scared Alabama's going to end up double dipping us, man. I tell you, if it – what – I look to happen, and I hope it doesn't happen because I hope Georgia gets there. Don't go to sleep on Michigan. Oh, no. I don't, I don't think Michigan's that bad of a team, and I would hate to see Georgia kind of go to sleep on Michigan and worry more about Alabama coming up and wind up dropping that, and then it's Alabama-Michigan. Yeah, well, y'all can go to sleep on Cincinnati, so it doesn't matter. I agree that, 100%. I, mean, you, I, I don't even think Saban has to play the starters. You know what? I hate to even say that, though, because I was at the 2008 Sugar Bowl – when we played Utah, and, man, I'm telling you, I learned so much that day about life and about shit-talking in the French Quarter. I was asking the Utah fans, y'all ready for this country boy ass-whooping y'all fixing to get? What is a ute? Is that, a, is that short for uterus? And yeah. then we wound, up, we wound up getting just manhandled by those guys. Saturday morning, my neighbor is an Alabama fan. Sounds I, like a good guy. Well, she's not. She's painting ass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh she's walking her dog saturday morning and i had been waiting at my front door on this woman to walk past her our alabama mailbox oh you should have kept your mouth shut and i did i did the video is still up on tiktok and i hollered out the window i opened my door and i said hey she said what and I, i've been waiting to say this for a long time we gonna whoop y'all's ass today well, I said dogs by fitty, and I put it on. I put it on TikTok. Bold, all, bold move, Cotton. It was. It, 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 didn't, it didn't pan out so well. Um, it was. It was rough. It, it was rough. And then I like a bunch of people was like, "Why are you gonna take that down?" I was like, "No, I fucked up." Like it's funny. It blew up, but it's just like you know. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You could not. It was. And then what was great about it, dude, or what I can say in a positive way, is it wasn't the refs. It wasn't nothing else. Alabama showed up. They played one hell of a game. And if they play like that, the next two games, they're national champions again. Yeah. You think Bryce is going to win the Heisman? I think he ought to. 
People think, have a lot of Bama fatigue, though. Yeah, I think they're tired of Bama, but at the same time, how can you be tired of the best players in the country? And I, I get it. Everybody's tired of seeing Bama win shit, but, but I mean, it is what it is. Do you, I'll tell you this. This is what we're all arguing about right now. A bunch of me and my friends is uh, Eli and uh, Peyton Manning's uh, nephew, the one that they say so damn good. He right now they're saying it's between Bama and Georgia, and if it's between Bama and Georgia, whatever school that kid picks is a guaranteed next three national championships because every five star recruit in the country is going to go to that school. Ever, ever wide receiver and running back. Well, probably not running backs if you got that good of a, you know. Yeah, you you wouldn't want to. You got to go to the Braves game, right? Like you got to go to one of the World <laughs> Series games. Yes, I got that was bucket list. Went to Game Four of the World Series. Um, the uh, the home run by Solaire was like ten feet from us. It was the coolest moment of my life. Man, I sat there and uh, I don't get envious of many people. I saw that you were at that game. I, I see the thing behind you. And growing up, even though I'm a Red Sox fan, I live in Georgia. I've always gone to Braves game. When the Red Sox come to town every other year, we, we go. But uh, my daughter, she's 10. And when we had that slight chance of a Boston and Atlanta World Series, I had already told her little punk ass that, look, we've already started you a college fund. But if it ends up being Atlanta <laughs> and Boston in the World Series, we're going to buy some tickets and go. It, it would have been worth it. It would have yeah. been – I'm telling you, um, I, I went with my buddy and both of my kids when they found out that I was going to the World Series because I, <clears throat> I own a baseball and softball training facility here in Fort Walton Beach. So baseball is like year-round for us. So yeah. our, our, uh, our household revolves around baseball. Uh, when they found out that I was going to the World Series and I wasn't taking them, oh, boy, I had hell to pay. And I told them, I was like, dude, it's $1,100 a ticket. Like, you know, we're poor white trash. I can't do anything about that, you know, but Absolutely. I'm going. <laughs> I know. I, I promise. I, there was a, there was this young lady on TikTok that uh, kind of got a little crush on me. She's obviously got way more money than I do. She offered to buy me a plane ticket and pay for me a, a seat to go with her when they went to Houston for, what was it, game six that they ended up winning it on? Yep. Game six. And to this day, I feel like the biggest jackass ever. I, I would have I I jumped go. on that quick. But I, I would have been nothing. I, I like the fact that you don't spend your whole life on social media. Like, you actually have a life. Some people, and if she's listening to this, and she probably will, she'll probably get mad at me, but I don't care. Uh if you spend all day, every day on live, I just don't want to be around you. I, I mean, it's like people spend their whole lives on live and they kind of forget how to live. Yeah. I don't, I don't see how people do it, man. I, I'll come off, I'll come off live and I will be like exhausted, you know, yeah. from, you know, I'll have people fatigue. You know, as you get a little bit older, your younger audience may not know what that is. Wait till you get about 30, 35. You'll understand. You're like, I just want to go back home and chill, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, it's a thing. I'm 34, and I'm just now figuring out why my granddad – I've always thought my granddad was the surliest, just easily aggravated, ornery person ever. The older I get, the more I realize he just fucking hates people. And now yeah. I hate people, and I don't want to be around them anymore. You ain't lying. Man, there's certain folks that you can go spend all day with and have a great time, and there's certain people you can't be around but five minutes, and they're like, I, I just, I don't even know how you made it this far in life. I agree. You know, if what I do is when I find those people, I don't go out with them anymore. I, <laughs> life is too short to be around people you don't like, and I'm not going to act like I like somebody if I don't. Yeah, uh, I was uh, – a. It took me a long time. I used to be a people pleaser. And then uh, I went through a very bad breakup. Uh, I've always battled with mental health problems like uh, depression, suicide. I got a suicide Same. attempt back in 2010. And uh, it, I always say it's the best and worst thing that ever happened to me because after that, I got a hold on my mental health. Uh, I started, you know, reading, diving into stuff, figuring out my triggers to where I could help people. And like now we do a meeting once a 
month at our studio to where we open it up to anybody that follows us on social media and it's called the steel writing sessions we don't record it we don't monetize it it's just people sitting around building a support system so you don't have to feel like you're alone and uh these people way on my mental health some of these folks that are aggravating as hell that just drain you and i have figured out with time there's this a toxic there's just a toxic trait to some people that the you can love them but love them from a distance keep them the hell away from you they are emotional leeches oh my god they will drain you so quick i I don't i don't deal with negative people well like if every time i see you you have something negative to say or you want to just talk about something negative bro we are not going to hang out i'll let you know that real quick yeah and uh God forbid you ask, because I'm I'm brutally honest. I'm gonna let you know exactly why. That's why nobody asks me shit anymore. I, I just I just don't sugarcoat. So this life is too short for you to not know where another person stands. One hundred percent. I want everybody around me to know exactly where I stand on things, for good or bad. You're gonna take me as I am, or just don't fucking come. Facts. Yeah. Uh, I gotta know because you've got the best. The best intro ever when it comes to TikTok videos. What gave you the fucking idea for it, man? Because it's genius. Scrolling the For You page and seeing videos, and I'm just like, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are we doing here? Like, why? I hate to even bring one up as an example. There was one video that I stitched. I'm like, hell, if you really wanted to know how to do that, you could have Googled it and found 10 YouTube videos on how to do this, right? But you ask everybody in hopes that you uh, you get the attention you want, right? And I was like, come on now. I, I've always loved random facts, but I did. <laughs> My mind has always worked like this, right? When people are talking, like I would just think of the uh, sometimes just, um, you know, rudest things in my head and i will think of the funniest things you know to to you know counter somebody's uh i don't know counter somebody's thought i guess you ever are you a Chappelle fan he is the absolute goat i got to see him and rogan and a couple more people in nashville here recently and it's the best thing i've ever seen in my life but uh Chappelle used to are on the Chappelle show. They had a bit. I don't know if you remember it or not, but it's when other people talking is him imagining himself in a goat suit and he's playing the flute. So every time somebody talks, he's like, and that's, I get it. There's never a time that if you are just, if we're having an in-depth conversation, I'm paying attention to you. But if you're just saying shit that I don't care about, that it really doesn't affect me or have anything to do with me, I'm not thinking about anything that is coming out of your mouth. No, I'm thinking of <laughs> the same exact way I'm thinking about Sammy Sosa's batting average back in 07 or something. You yeah. Know? God, what the fuck happened to Sammy, man? <laughs> I watched an interview with him here recently, and I was like, who is this? Yeah. Did you watch the uh, the 30 for 30 on him and McGuire? It was actually a really well done 30 for 30. Yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite ones. I just finished because I didn't know it existed until two days ago. The one that came out in September of this year, and it's talking about the 86 Mets. It's a four-part series. I saw it. Oh, my God. I am in love with Lenny Dykstra now. Like, Nails is probably one of my new favorite uh, players of all time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It was it was a very well done. Thir- I don't think I've ever watched a 30 for 30 that I didn't like, though. No, uh, I didn't really like how they made Lance Armstrong look, but he kind of deserves it. So, I mean, if the shoe fits, you got to wear it, you know. I mean, here's my thing with performance-enhancing drugs, right? Um, if it's if it's against the rules, you know it's against the rules. If there's nothing written in the rule book about it, you, you're all big boys, you know? You feel the same way I do. Uh, I It's a joke that Barry Bonds isn't going to end up getting into the Hall of Fame. It is it is a joke because in my mind, everybody – if you're going to say one person was doing it, then you got to know that everybody was doing it in that time period. There's no way that some of those players – if you see somebody else exploding and you know what they're doing, you're going to do it. That's your livelihood. That's your money. Well, it's all it, about competition. You yeah. know, I mean, it's – anybody that plays professional sports or semi-professional or anything, it's all about the competition. And if you can find out what somebody else is doing to get the edge, bro, you getting that edge. 
I honestly, my opinion usually is on when it talks to about PEDs or anything is I think you need to open it up to where everybody can do it. It's sports entertainment. Once you get to a point, everybody wants to go to a ballpark and see a long ball or they want to see a no hitter. You know, you want me to tell you why I, I have a theory on this. Yeah. On why I, MLB knew about this years before it blew up. They knew what people were doing. The reason why I think, and I, I do think that it's a noble reason for doing it, and I think maybe they should have, you know, cracked down on it. Um, it started getting into the high schools. Yeah. The high school players that were looking to get in the draft, that were looking to get scholarships and everything, and the college players were starting to do it. If you take a team that's, you know, adolescent, uh, those chemical mixing up in their body and everything, it was causing a lot of suicides. It was causing a lot of injuries. And, um they, they just wasn't developed yet. Nobody knew what they know now about performance-enhancing drugs. But I think MLB did the right thing by, by curbing it, right? And, but I think that's why they did it ultimately. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I've actually never heard it like that. That, that makes perfect sense to me. Am I allowed to vape on here? I've been yeah, trying why, to hide it. Okay. Yeah, why, uh, I'm drinking a beer. Like, you can do whatever you want. Well, I didn't vape until I saw you drink the beer, and I was like, yeah, it's good to go. No, no, no. This show literally uh, – uh, I can do whatever I want to on here. Our sponsors know as long as we're getting our downloads and we're hitting our marks with our management company that they've set for us, they don't care what I do. That's the beautiful thing about podcasts is it's not going to randomly show up on your phone. You have to search for this. So if you search, if you're searching for me, you know what the hell you're fixing to get. Um, we talk about everything. The name is so misleading. But it literally, politics, religion, and whiskey is the things that I got fired for from country radio. And I want to be able to talk about everything. Um, we had a very, very long discussion in here last night about how one thing I love about Chappelle and I love those guys is they, they fuck with everybody. They don't, they don't pick one race. They don't pick one whatever. They literally – mess with everything i've heard them do holocaust jokes for crying out loud like they literally mess with everything and somebody was in here last night that was a sensitive sally a snowflake and they were asking me they were like how can you make this joke how can how is it okay for him to say this stuff and i was like because if that person was sitting across the table from him right now he would allow that person to talk shit back to him as long as it was in a respectful plain manner as long as you're on the inside of a joke then you should be able to say whatever the hell you want to 100 percent people these people know that it's jokes these people know what the intent of a joke is they know what the setup of a joke is it's not about that. It is nowhere near about that. It is about them being so miserable in their life that they just have to shit on people constantly. Yeah. It has nothing to do with them not understanding humor. They get it. Trust yeah. me. They have to. If yeah. you don't, you're you're completely stupid. I thought it was hilarious in that last Chappelle special on Netflix. You had uh, – because a lot of what he addressed was the transsexual community, all the transformers out there. And uh, there was two – individuals whatever the fuck their pronoun was i don't know that were right there in camera view the entire time never laughed never done nothing or whatever did they it, i didn't notice that i know if you go back and watch it's they're in every clip and they're fucking miserable the entire time dave Chappelle addressed it afterwards and it's not like they didn't know it was there you clearly could see it and he just said why buy tickets to that that's what he said he said look i know how much this fucking tickets cost he said, you paid for those fucking seats. You think you're going to bother me? You've already put fucking money in my pocket. You sitting there does nothing to me. I think you're a fucking idiot for spending $1,500 a ticket to be second row of my show for a Netflix special. Let me throw this, this point of view at you, right? If we're going to talk about cancel culture for a minute. If you make jokes about everything, every walk of life, I make jokes about straight white dudes that are middle-aged married. I joke on myself, right? Yeah. If I joke about everything, I joke about women, I joke about this, I joke about that, I joke about firefighters, police. That doesn't mean that I hate firefighters and police, right? But the moment that you joke about, about the gay community or the uh, transgender community or, or any of the letters that they claim, right? It, the moment you start making jokes about that, now all of a sudden you hate that that group 
my stance on it is, is if you joke about everything else and you don't include them in on your jokes, is that not kind of transphobic or homophobic by me not including them? That is reverse racism upon yourself. That, 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 that's what it is. The alphabet community is very sensitive. I have been lucky that they like me. I, I fuck with them. Though. I fuck with them to their face. A lot of them respect that. But you're always going to have people in every group. Every group is going to have this 5% of their group that is hypersensitive and just want to ruin the good time for everybody else. I would imagine most of that community loves your shit, loves my shit, and they're fine with it. But you get those few people that just want a bitch, but it didn't matter what you said. They just want an excuse to bitch. And you have oh, yeah. to- what, it doesn't matter what you said or the context you said it in. They will take what you said and they'll chop it up. Yeah. Right. And then they'll post it to make you to, you know, make you look really, really bad. That's yeah. called confirmation bias, by the way. Um, you know, and and a lot of times they accomplish their goal. They're like, yeah, this dude is a piece of shit. Right. You never saw the the context that it was in. You can pull any punchline from any comedian and make them look bad. Show the setup of the joke and then you'll realize that's not that bad. You know, absolutely not. Um, I do not like Carlos Mencia whatsoever because he's a joke stealing. Not, no comedians like him because of all the shit he's done. But he had a great bit, a great bit that was actually his. And it was talking about taking the power away from words. And it was talking about if you, if I was to, he, I don't know if you ever watched his show back in the day, but he always did the dirt, dirt, dirt. Yeah, mind him and see it. It was not him treating, he had to address it in one of his specials. It was not him picking on the handicapped community. I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks that handicapped people deserve to get picked on. It, no, no one does. But the way he said it was perfect. If I'm going to pick on blacks, if I'm going to pick on Mexicans, if I'm going to pick on whites, if I'm going to pick on gays, if I'm going to pick on politicians, I should be able to pick on this group as well because they're going to feel left out. They're going to feel like you're just alienating them. But he would also be one or anybody if there was a uh, if there was someone who was handicapped that was a comedian, they would have full range to pick on everybody that they wanted to, and I think that's the way it has to be. Richard Pryor, who is the funniest person of all time, Richard Pryor is number one overall. I used to see you nodding your head, so you know Richard Pryor couldn't make it today. They would destroy Richard Pryor today. Well, that's why I, so, I, I appreciate so much the Dave Chappelle's of the world that will not bow down to the woke community. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, this is comedy. There is a there is a clear difference, and it is not hard to distinguish. There is a clear difference between somebody telling a joke, right, and trying to make everybody laugh and spreading hate. Yeah. You, it's indistinguishable. Like you can distinguish, not indistinguishable. It is very distinguishable. The two you can tell, right? To go after people that are that are literally trying to make people's day better and make people laugh is the most absolute stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Why don't you go after some real racists, some real bigots, some real? I, dude, I'll, I'll jump on board with you. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll stand beside you and fight that fight all day because yeah. I don't think anybody should be hated for something that they can't help. Period. So, like, one of the things that led up to my firing, uh, I live in South Georgia, uh, or close to South Georgia, and I do not own anything or represent my business or my name or anything with the Confederate flag. I don't believe in it. I don't. It's just not for me to each their own. It doesn't mean heritage to me. It doesn't mean hate to me. But I have a lot of friends that flag means something very negative to and when NASCAR canceled the flag, we had people calling to the radio station, losing their fucking minds, losing their minds. And I had to go into detail with these people because I was like, I don't understand what you're getting so upset for. Like, this is a symbol of hate. No, no it's not. It's all this. And I was like, look, it started off as a peaceful symbol. But the second the Ku Klux Klan adopted that flag, that became a symbol of hate forever. The swastika was a symbol of peace in Egypt or whatever it was. But you only know it from when the Nazis fucking got it. So, I mean, it's it, unless you understand the whole story of stuff, there's no reason to just attack people because you, whether it's comedy or whatever, 
People should be allowed to have different views. If me and you are not attacking a different community than us, why is the fuck should they be attacking us? Thanks. Yeah. I don't like seeing you catch hell. That was my next question was how much hell do you catch from people? But you kind of answered it a little bit. I mean, it's a good bit, but I really don't care. Yeah. I, I do not care what anybody thinks about me. I don't care what anybody says about me. Um, I, I'm not here to, I'm not here to clear up rumors. Yeah. I'm not even going to address the rumors. You can, you can watch me, get to know me, talk to me and figure out what kind of person I am. It doesn't take you that long to figure out where I stand on things, right? Yeah. You'll keep your ears and eyes open. Um, but if you come into any kind of relationship um, thinking that somebody's already something else and you already know you're not going to change your mind, why even bother? You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I don't care what people think about me. I know what type of person I am. I know I know what type you know man I am, how I treat people, um, what I care about, where my morals and ethics lie. I don't care what people say. Yeah, I'm the same way. I could give a shit less. I mean, as they don't have anything, nothing that they can do can affect me. You know what's going to happen if your like account or something gets deleted because you're so good at what you do? You're going to make a new one if you want to, and it's going to be just as fucking big. All they do, all they're doing is making themselves like a temporary asshole, and you're permanently going to be around. That You being as creative and such an individual that you are, you can't take that from you. I mean, fuck them. That's the way I feel. There's one of my friends who's actually uh, Brianna. It's Brianna's coming in here with some people here in the next hour or so. And we're doing a show. One of her problems that I have worked with her on a lot, she gets too tied up in the negative comments that people say about her. These people don't. don't. Ask Brianna. I called her uh, probably a few weeks ago and I said, stop responding to them. Stop talking to them. Don't bring it up, right? Because here's the thing on social media, right? If you're a creator, listen to me on this, okay? Here's one thing that I've learned. Your regular content is probably not going to violate community guidelines, if you care, right? Where you violate community guidelines is when you start responding back to the people that are shitting on you, okay? You can do one of two things when you, when you get one of these hateful comments or a group of hateful comments, right? You can either block that person and never have to see their miserable ass again, which I think is the best way because if they're commenting on your stuff, that means you're on their For You page. They already don't like you. Now they've engaged with your content. Now you're going to be on their For You page even more, and they're going to kill your analytics because they're going to swap away every time, right? Or you could just block and block and never have to see them again. That's that block and never see them again or respond and catch community violations. Give them your platform where every one of your followers can see their, see their videos or see their comments. Um, I'm not going to give some, I'm not going to give some hating person my platform to spew their negativity on that. I've worked my ass off to create not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Just block them. Joe, Joe Rogan has one of the best lines ever. And I'm a fucking Rogan fanatic. I would, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to get on. I, would, I just want to meet. He's been such a positive influence on me from radio, everything. Like I've took so much from him. Um, but he has a great line. If you're going to worry about your comment section, just turn it off. You post your stuff for you. You know it's going to be good. Either don't read the comments. Don't get tied up in the bullshit because 99 of them are good. That 1%. But your brain is not going to let you focus on that 99. You want that one person to change their mind about you. They're never going to fucking change their mind. And the way that you have all these trolls and all these bots or whatever, half of them ain't even fucking real. There's no sense in arguing with them. And if they are trolls, I'm fully convinced that internet trolls are sadists, bro. Yeah. 100% convinced. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're a South Park guy. I love South Park. South Park is like, it's part of my evolution as a person. But, I grew up on it. Yeah. They did a they did a show a couple of years ago and it was talking about internet trolls. And it was just these people have no rhyme, no reason. They just do it. It gets them off to rile you up. Their lives are so miserable that all they want to do is fuck with people for fun. Yeah. And make me, their life. Yep. Yeah. Fuck them. Who cares about them? They don't bother me. Uh, what is, you got like anything coming up or whatever, like what's the next evolution of Justin? Like what's the next know. thing you're thinking about doing? I don't know. I just got, I'm, I'm the top dude, man. I don't, 
I don't get wrapped up and try to make plans because I'm a big I'm a big believer. If uh, if you want to hear God laugh, tell me your plans. I yeah. just kind of roll with the flow. Um, I get an email in, I respond to it, I throw it out there. You know, a company reaches out to me, they want to work with me. I send them a quote on how much it'll be. Right? They'll either get back to me or they won't. I'm not going to sit there and beg somebody to work with me. I'm not going to beg somebody to do something with me. If somebody wants to, if somebody wants to mess around with me, they will. And if they don't, they don't. I, I don't. I don't really have. I don't know. I just kind of go with the flow, man. I like that. One thing I like about your stuff, because I, I kind of take notice with this with everybody. I don't like that I see a lot of what's that shit, and I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this. The ketone stuff. Are you one of the ketones people? Okay. People don't realize that when you start saturating your content with nothing but sponsors from businesses, it takes away from you being you. Like, don't sit there and sell yourself short. Wait a little bit. Like, yeah, it's just temporary money, but if you keep building your platform and you keep doing what you're doing, eventually, you know what's going to happen? A fucking whiskey company is going to sponsor your stuff or mm -hmm. something like that, and then you can still be you, put out the content you want, but they just want to be associated with you. And I, I, that's what's going to happen to you. You'll get, you'll get to pick and choose what the fuck you want to do. Well, I already am. I did a I did an ad a couple of days ago, and um, the ad turned out really well. Uh, you can't even really tell it's an ad. It, it was in my normal format and everything. The video went over a million views the first day. Um, that company reached back out and it's like, bro, uh, you know, <laughs> that's really the first ad that I've done on on my on my TikTok uh, because I'm very selective in who I work with and and. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you my platform for free. I've, I'm just not going to do it. You should. Um, I plugged a couple of veteran owned businesses on veterans day, just because I wanted to see some veteran owned businesses uh, get pushed and, and get a little bit more traffic, but paid sponsorships. If they come, they come. If they don't, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be the same dude that I was today. That's cool. So another thing that I kind of, I, I had to go through people's social media and stuff and see, didn't you get a chance to take uh, your kid to WrestleMania this year? Well, so WrestleMania 34. Okay. It was, uh, I noticed your belt back there. I did want to tell you, and I saw you drinking the beer earlier, right? There was another dude that really liked to drink beer, too. Hey, you got a Stone Cold belt. Got the Stone Cold belt. But, wait, there's more. I saw that you had one belt, right? So I had to go with, with another one, too. Woo! Yeah, I'm, that's a, I'm not that's a beast. I'm not well, I'm not that cool to have the NWO belt. I do want one of the NWOs. <laughs> uh, it was – I had to have it. When I went in Hogan's store and uh, I saw all of them and I wanted to start a collection of them, that belt right there meant the most to me because I grew up – when I really got into it was the Attitude Era. Uh, and the Attitude Era is the best era of wrestling there ever was to me. And nice. I became I became a fanatic. I can't watch it much anymore – probably the past 10 years because it's just not – the heroes that I had aren't there. And some of these new guys that they're trying to put over the top, I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. But uh, it's funny you got the Stone Cold belt. There's so, – so, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I had a – so the WrestleMania 34 story was I had a buddy reach out to me on a Friday afternoon uh, before WrestleMania 34, and he lives in Louisiana, and, you know, it was in the Superdome. And he said, hey, he said, I've got some spots. We, we've all rented a uh, luxury box. Um, and I've got a couple spots open if you want to come. And I was like, my kid loves wrestling, right? So, uh, no, actually, at the time, he didn't like wrestling. He had never watched wrestling, okay? So I told Brian, I said, hey, I said, let's go to, let's go to New Orleans, right? We'll drive up Sunday morning. We'll drive back Sunday night because it's only like three hours away. And it was eight hours. It was an eight-hour show because, you know, now they break it up into two days, yeah, we went up there and it was an eight-hour show. They did the pre-show, they did the Hall of Fame ceremony, and then they did the regular show. And uh, I had to coax him and go. And I was like, "Dude, it's all the uh, all that absolutely all the uh, Dr Pepper that you could ever want to drink." And he was like, "I'm in, right? Dude's a dude's a Dr Pepper fanatic." So we went, and he was absolutely hooked. Absolutely hooked. We was in a luxury suite right next to Mark Ingram and Kamara and a lot of the Saints players. It was a great time, man. Probably one of the best sporting experiences next to the World Series that I've ever been to. It's it's on my bucket list. Uh, 
I base a lot of my career, as stupid as this is about to sound, off of Stone Cold Steve Austin, his character. And just the fact that – and I, I have to just like – my friends who don't like wrestling or didn't grow up, they don't understand. Stone Cold was the bad guy. Stone Cold was the fucking bad guy, but what made him so cool, he was the anti-hero. You wanted to root for him, even though he was doing bad shit. It's like people loving Jesse James. Jesse James was a total outlaw killer. That's it. But you always knew where Stone Cold stood. Mm -hmm. and, and he was cool with putting people over. He was cool with all of that. And he just did not care. And that's why he's probably – he's got to be number one of all time as far as wrestlers go. Hogan's right there with him. The Rock, if he'd have stayed in it, he probably would have been right there too. But Steve Austin's hand down, hands yeah. down the GOAT. Yeah, no, this it's not even close. I almost want to say Taker's probably up there too. I'd put Taker in the top five. When you went to WrestleMania, that was that the one that the Ultimate Warrior died the next day? No. No, I think I think uh that was WrestleMania 33. was Undertaker still going? Did you get to see him at WrestleMania? Yeah, that was the coolest thing. When they shot the pyrotechnics off with the fire blast and everything. We were sitting a good ways away from the ring, and you could feel the heat off. It was wild, man. Who who did he fight at that one? Is that the Brock one? No, it was uh, the Undertaker, and uh, I want to say it was Cena. Undertaker Pro and Cena, probably. Yeah, probably. He's uh his documentary that they came out with, the Last Ride. I don't mm -hmm. know, I don't know if you watched it. It's so good, dude. Really good. Hey, Mark is uh is one of those guys. We uh we've got some hookups with some people that are in wrestling, and he is one that I'll never get Stone Cold on. I'll never get him on. He's very picky about stuff he does, and he's got the right to be. I mean, shit. But uh we've got to hook up with some people, and Taker's one of those that's actually obtainable for the show. And I've told him, like, I don't give a fuck what you got to tell me to do. You you get him in here with me, and I'm going to be a child. I will I will revert back to a 12 year old in a heartbeat. Yep. We uh have you seen this dude? His name's uh is Marshall. Uh, he, he does the Hey Greg or the Gregory video. Yeah, me and Marshall are real good friends. Okay, I yeah. well good good you can help me because I messaged him the other day, and he messaged me back, and uh, I'm going to set up a show with him, but maybe now you can tell him I'm not a complete psychopath and just hit him up for some random bullshit show. But I saw where he uh, he was buddies with these buddies with Diamond Dallas Page, and uh, that that's one of mine on my bucket list, dude. Yeah, and uh, he's became pretty good buddies with uh, Fluffy. Yeah, yeah, Gabriel, yeah. right? Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Uh, do you think about doing stand up comedy or anything? Um, it's coming. It's coming. I, I can't right now. Well, yeah. I, I can, but my, my, you know, shows would be very limited. I've always wanted to do stand-up comedy. So we'll see. Maybe that's one place where I'll wind up going. I, I don't think, force anything. No, I think, I think you'd be good at it. Uh, I've, I've done some stuff. I do a lot of, I speak like we've got the governor coming in here soon. We've got, We've had Secretary of State. We've had a lot of people as far as politics go for Georgia. Um, hopefully, because Herschel Walker's running here in the state of Georgia, we're hoping Herschel's going to be here in the next month. And uh, that'll be a dream come true right there. But uh, I'm real good at speaking to large crowds because I've had to go to convention centers and, and speak in front of a, a couple thousand people, and it's nerve-wracking as hell. But I like it. I just don't know if I could do stand-up comedy. I, I've had people that's asked me to try and come to their clubs and stuff and just bullshit and just rag, but I, I don't know if it's for me. I think you, I, but I think you kill it. I, I don't have any problem public speaking. I, my, and I, I somewhat attribute that to my grandfather, my, my mother. Uh, if they, they started me out preaching at a very young age, uh, I would, I would preach sermons at like 11, 12 years old. Right. In front of like whole congregations of people. Um, I've spoke uh, I spoke churches, a uh, thousand people. It doesn't bother me a bit. I can get up. I can get up there and never, never miss a lick. My heart rate don't get up like it. Uh, it doesn't phase me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, we, we talk about a lot of stuff around here. And like I believe you got warriors in this world and you got preachers. Both of them's got the same heart. You just get the message out there different. That's what with some of the stuff that we talk about. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know if you're comfortable with Joel Olstein or not. But what do you think about him? Or is that one you want to skip over? <laughs> Did you see the t- no? I don't. I don't really give a shit. Did you see the TikTok video the other day of uh, of somebody taking a selfie with him? He's and like, he, you know, you're a piece of shit, right? That, that was the one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I have never understood. All right, so I'm sure there are people with mega churches that are good, that are good people, but I don't understand how you have a mega church and then there's homeless in your community. Don't get it. I don't understand it either. You know, I. <laughs> you remember when G, uh, in the Bible when Jesus came in and overturned the money changers? Yeah. Because he said this is a place for worship, not a place to not a place to make money. Yeah. That's Come my, on now. That's my huge problem. I'm a Christian and I believe Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior and everything, but I don't believe in organized religion anymore. I don't, I don't, I believe it's between you and God, your own personal relationship is the only thing that matters. And I don't, I don't feel like I have to put on airs for people. No, no, it's always been like that though. I mean, like, you know, your religion is, is your personal walk. Yeah. Right? Um, although I do think it's beneficial to, um, to gather with like-minded believers yeah. to, to help each other out and encourage each other. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think, I think a lot of the problems in our damn world is because of organized religion. Yeah. Well, I was at a, I was at a speaking engagement for somebody who's running for governor here and she's a very good person and all like, her platform is Jesus guns and babies. Like that, that's her tagline. And after I got done speaking, um, I got off stage and this old man came up to me. And he wanted to talk to me a little bit more about some of the things I said and everything, which was cool and everything. But the second he was like, yeah, I, I preach over here at this, this really big church. And I found it odd that he told me he had to throw it out there that it was a really big church. And at where I come from, we've got little churches. We've got medium-sized churches. But uh, I, I started asking. I started poking at him a little bit because – it rubbed me the wrong way. I just, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm an asshole. It just rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, well, what do y'all do for the homeless over there? You know what? Well, what do you do for your vets that uh, have served this country but are living on the street right now? And he's like, well, we do what we can. And I was like, but don't you have room in the back of this big church to where they can put a cot when it's cold? You can feed them because you have a big church? He got pissed at me. Ain't real Christian-like, is it? No, no, it doesn't make sense. Joe Olsen being in the middle of is it is it Houston? Yeah, it's Houston. Houston, and there's got to be a large amount of people that are just on welfare or struggling or whatever. All these things, but then a plumber goes in and finds money in your walls, and you your house, his house. We looked it up on this show because we got on this long fucking tirade about him and how much I didn't like him. His house is worth $1.8 million. How does a preacher sleep at night? I don't think he, I mean, I'm not saying he don't believe in God, but fuck, how does that happen? Religion should not be a business, dude. No, a lot of people look at it that way though. Yeah. I don't know. What can you do? I, I don't think it's right either. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you're getting into if you're getting into spreading the word of God, and you're looking to make money, you might want to find another business. Yeah, I don't I don't see you. I might want to yeah start making funny videos on TikTok. How, <laughs> how, how many of your shit has got banned? I, I was going to ask you that earlier. Has a lot of people like you hadn't got a lot like took down or anything? No, I changed the way I thought about it. So my last account, so I've had an account banned, right? Yeah. My my last account got banned and kind of going back to what we talked about probably about 20 or 30 minutes ago was instead of sitting around saying, well, it's me. I've had too many violations. I've, I've, I've lost my account. I put my head down. I went to work and I had, you know, 3 million followers on one account and 2 million on another in four weeks. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot to be said for not sitting there feeling sorry about yourself. Uh, but when, when I blew up was when I started, I changed the way I thought about things, right? Um, when I lost that account, I said, you know what? I said, instead of me sitting around saying, I don't agree with them for taking this video down and everything, I'm going to learn from it, right? Because here's facts of the matter. If I invite you into my house, Josh, you come into my house and I tell you, hey, I need you to take your shoes off when you come in the door so you don't get on my carpet with shoes on. And you say, fuck that. And you get on my carpet with shoes on, 
right? What's probably going to happen? I'm going to be disrespected. And if, if I'm some, if anything, if I'm a man, I'm going to tell you, get the hell out of my house, yep. right? This is my house. So I started looking at it like that with TikTok. If TikTok tells me that they don't want something on their platform, guess what? I'm not going to put it on their platform anymore. So I, I just found other ways of doing it. You know, there's a million different ways that you can say something. You don't necessarily have to say it. Thank you for being fucking intelligent. When Bree gets here in a few minutes, I'm literally going to take my boot off and shove it in the crack of her nice fat ass that she has because she does not understand. You know you're going to fail at this. You know what every one of these social media apps should be for each and every one of us is a marketing tool for ourselves. We should utilize that app to the best of its ability to help promote us as a business owner, as a comedian, as whatever. She does not understand you can't keep posting the same shit and expect a different result. You obviously know that, yeah, you blew up because you're, uh, you talked about, you know, you're, you being a conservative and all this kind of stuff. Well, you can go about it in different ways instead of blatantly slapping fuckers in the face with your conservative views. You don't have to. I mean, you can, you can, you can push any kind of agenda and never even talk about the agenda. Yep. Ever. You know, yep. and you know, the best way, the best way to, uh, the best way to influence somebody is, is by example. Yep. Period. I mean, uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to, let's say, if you want to show somebody what living like a Christian's like, don't sit there and tell them, show them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've, I'm doing my best because, uh, like one of the things that I get, I've got associated with in the past, you know, couple of years is, I'm working with politicians. They like me going to speak with them, but also the next wave of politicians in this country are females. I mean, there's, there's no way about it with all the me too shit and men. We, we can't even call a woman attractive anymore on social media without somebody being like, Oh, he's a piece of shit. He's a sexist. No, I'm flirting. Like our dads, our grandparents, whatever did. I'm a single man. I should be able to say, damn, you're good looking. And you not get offended and butthurt about it. But because of those things now and people being hypersensitive, the next generation, a politician is women. And Bree is somebody that people have talked to me about and her. She's been at some of the things with us. And they would love for her to learn more. They would learn for her to go about stuff in a different way because a couple of years from now, five, six years from now with a lot of grooming, she could be a senator in Georgia. I mean, she, and, she, and don't and don't don't take this as like we're bashing on brave me and you both love brave oh know? yeah yeah great she person she wouldn't be i'm cutting her a commercial today for her business uh because i think the world over i really really do she knows she's very sensitive and you have to look her in the face and say look i'm not picking on you i'm helping you i'm helping you grow yeah she, she's wonderful i absolutely she's the one that got me hooked up with you um there's a couple more uh, I tell you, I got a little bit aggravated at her, though. I'm not going to lie. Before <laughs> before I talked to you, I was like, is she out here just giving my number out all willy-nilly to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this, uh, I know who it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I would. I don't blame you. I'd, I'd be the same way. I'd, I would. Well, because really, really... the first thing I tell everybody is guard my life, guard your my number with your life. Yeah. And everybody's like, yeah, I got you, man. Then I get a text. I'm like, what is she doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look who you're dealing with. Though. <laughs> well, I told her, I literally said, cause she's helped me get several folks on the show because everybody loves her. I mean, just you and a couple more folks I've got on the show because of her. And I'm very grateful for that. That's why I help her with some other stuff and try to like teach her some shit. But I told her like I, every time she gives me somebody's number, cause you're a grown ass man. That's, Got a business and got everything else. You don't want your number just randomly out there. I said, Bree, tell him that I'm going to text him. Let him know and make sure it's okay that I reach out to him first. Because I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I, I didn't figure she did. Uh, but, hey, it's, you know, she's got a lot of shit going on, I guess. But uh, have you met anybody on here? Let, let's exclude Bree from this because we all love her. Have you met anybody on here that is just 
in the past couple of months with everything like the counts growing and you just blowing up that you've just been in awe of like this person is really cool, very genuine. Like I'm so glad I got to sit down and talk to him. A lot, uh, a lot of people that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have normally got the opportunity to talk to. John Christ is one of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know who John Christ I, is. I he's, don't. He's a, he's a comedian out of uh, Nashville. He's got, he's got several specials. Dude is like, dude's a rock star. Um, awesome guy. Awesome guy. Uh, Emory King. Love Emory King to death. Uh, me and him's got to know each other pretty well. Uh, Goose, you see me messing around with him yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Dane the Great. Dane the Great's another good one. Uh, Southern Dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's actually very weird. Back in the day when I first got any notoriety on social media, I was called Bearded Bastard. Um, I used to be like 300 and something pounds. I uh, went through a very bad separation. And uh, I just, I'd never been on social media really before. And I turned it into my outlet for my anger, my weight loss. It was motivated. It was all this kind of stuff. Uh, I knew who he was a very long time ago because his wife used to follow me. And it was where the second he started blowing up, I would see her social media and see this guy. And it was like, this guy's fucking funny. Like, hey, this guy's got <laughs> hey, this guy's got something. That's what's really cool. There's a lot of negative shit with, with this app and other apps. But when you see somebody and they haven't blown up yet and you're like, they're fixing to be huge because this is great. First time I saw one of your videos was the same way, man. It's, it's different. When you find somebody that has unique views, I'll never, ever blow up on TikTok, social media, or whatever, because it's not for me. It's just, I use it as a marketing tool for myself. My job is this. This is where I'm good at. This is what has blown up to make us in the top 1% in the world. At like 4 million shows, we're, we're up there. And uh, we're very grateful for that. But this is my niche. I can't, I can't on the fly do some of that stuff. I said for the longest time, I wasn't going to have TikTok. I, I, did, I just didn't get it. And it's one, Me of, the, too. one of the best things that could have happened. I said the same exact thing. I'm not telling them. I'm not getting all that out. It's just a bunch of young people dancing and lip syncing. Yeah. Well, probably the same way you. You're a dad. So anything that I see my kid do, and I'm like, if she's doing it, there's no reason why my old ass ought to be on this app. If it's cool for her, it can't be cool for me. And I made the mistake. And then I I found I, I can't do none of the dances, none of the shit, but good looking women on this app i'm a single man it drew me in it drew me i came for the ass and tits and the next thing you know there's some really funny guys on here there's some really good stuff on here and it's been wonderful it's blew up some of my friends music career uh one of our buddies is priscilla block and trey lewis and uh trey trey's been on the show we we go do some shit with him sometimes and uh trey had been in nashville for 10 years 10 years great songwriter Never blew up. Dick down in Dallas comes out. Next thing you know, making bukus of money at each show. It's awesome. He's good. He's good. Yep. There's a there's a couple of, uh couple country music artists that I like to I like to mess around with on the app. Good people, awesome people. Tainted Lyric and uh Brent Brent Morgan. Yeah, Tainted's been in here. Uh they were doing that uh what is it called? They were doing some tour and him and uh Jake Barr and Ty Garcia. Uh, they all stopped by here uh, on the way to a show that was real close. And we all hung out. We had a very wild night. That episode is uh, it's different because there was a lot of alcohol flying around this room. Um, but we, we, we had fun. It was, it was, it was interesting. Uh, the only one I ever talked to anymore is Ty, but they're all good folks. You do have really good people. And uh, you're, you're so far, I just want you to know, I'm not kissing your ass or anything. You're my favorite one so far. You, Thank you. You, you are. Uh, this podcast today, it made it uh, – it's just obvious you're a really good man, you're a good dad, you're funny as hell, and the views and stuff that you stand up for, I know you'll be successful. Thank you. Uh, that, that means a lot. That means more to me than, than any, any paycheck. And I tell you, you know, people, people ask, you know, what, why? What are you doing? You know, because I always tell people I don't really give a shit about money. I've never had money, don't need money could care less about it, right? Because I don't think that having a lot of money does not necessarily make you happy. You show me any, you show me a millionaire and I will show you somebody that constantly worries about their money. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, I never want to get to that point. I mean, <laughs> now don't get me wrong. I'd like to be a millionaire, but I don't, I'm not ever going to sit around and worry about my money and just let it just consume me at all. My ultimate goal in doing what I do is to make people's day better. People are hurting, man. And it, yeah. I can see it even more now um, since I started doing the, uh, the drop for the money. Yeah. People are hurting. People, I read a couple emails this morning. I, by the time I walked into breakfast, I had tears in my eyes. I was like, man, people are going through some shit. You know, and if I can, if I can bring them out of that for 15 seconds on their for you page or they go to my profile and watch several videos, mission accomplished. That that's awesome. I got interviewed. This is probably five years ago, man. And they were asking me, and I was I was stupid. And I said the wrong thing to start off with. They was like, what do you want out of this? What, what do you want as becoming a social media personality? And I was like, I want a lot of fucking money. Like, that, was my, that was my first instinct. And then I, then I thought about as soon as I said it and I caught myself. And I remember the first time I shared my suicide attempt with social media. And I shared my battles with mental health. And the people who messaged in that I would have never ever thought that would have messaged in told me how much it helped them and i changed my answer and i was like if i could just help one person not be that lonely to just not feel like they have to go through their struggles alone then i think that's my purpose of course you want fucking money i want money i mean it's you gotta you gotta have it unfortunately but when you figure out that you're helping people this is the most powerful thing you could ever fucking do 100%. I've, uh, much like you, I've never had a, I've never attempted suicide or anything crossed my mind before. Um, I've had two, two, uh, bouts with clinical depression myself. So I can, I can totally relate. Well, I'm glad that you, uh, you've never went down that road and, uh, Hey, if you ever need somebody to talk to you, you got family here now with raising grace studios, you know, same here, man. Hey, well, uh, dude, this was perfect. This is, uh, I'll be honest. This is, was, I didn't know how it was going to go. But uh, I, I'm a bigger fan now. I, and I'm not fans of fucking anybody that hardly does this. It's just uh, me and you have a lot of the same mindsets, and I respect the shit out of you. And uh, you're just a really good dude, and I appreciate you taking time and doing this. Uh, feel free to uh, drop your social media links real fast. And uh, if you could make a TikTok, Instagram, video, whatever the fuck you want to. If you just want to promote that you was on this show, uh, I'd appreciate it. But if not, that's cool, too don't care absolutely uh but man i just you just keep doing what you're doing you're making a difference and uh when you see some of these families when you give them money or and everything at christmas and all of a sudden those emails you're struggling with become a happy email you get to send that the money's on the way mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna make it all it's, it's gonna make all those tears worth it brother yeah yeah thank you thank you yeah you can uh you can follow me on any social media platform just in danger only look it up you'll find me all right, folks. Well, thank y'all for listening to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey. I will catch y'all next time.